Welcome to Consulting Growth Hour with me, Fahim Musa, where I break down key growth concepts so you can build a thriving consulting business. Check out the show notes for presentations and handouts as we go deep into the rabbit hole of consulting. Let's get started. Winning sales funnels for consultants. Now, here's the thing. So over the past three years, I've been serving many different types of consulting consultancies, both independent consultants and consulting firms. So, you know, I've served consultants that are doing, you know, two, three hundred dollars, two, three hundred thousand dollars in revenue up to, you know, five million dollar consulting firms. And what I've seen across the board that has been working, you know, I've seen many different types of client acquisition strategies that have been working for various types of consultants, but I see some patterns and I see, I see essentially four patterns that keep coming up again and again. And of course, you know, having this company, my company consulting leap, we experiment a lot in, in various types of sales funnels. Right. So some of these funnels that I'm going to be talking about are things that we've experimented with and we've we've kind of come up with. Towards the end, I'll show you some of those. So what I'm going to present to you or talk about is are those sales funnels that we that I find are working the best and which you can you folks can can replicate. Okay. So I'll start with the first. I don't have a presentation. I'm just going to talk through these things. So please, please take notes. And of course, you'll have the recording of this session as well. Now, the first funnel that I want to talk about is a pretty basic one, but it's it's super important for consulting business owners. It's referrals and warm introductions. Now, you might be thinking that, you know what, this is stuff that you already know. And most of you, I can bet that most of you land business through referrals and warm introductions. But what I find is that consultants don't have a process and they don't have a system to ensure that they, they continuously get referrals and introductions from their, not just their clients, former clients, but also their, their, their network, like folks that they worked with in the past their peers, their colleagues, strategic partners, and so on and so forth. Typically, consultants have a large network because you've worked in the industry for a long time and you've chosen to become consultants because you've have, you have deep expertise. But that network is not leveraged enough, right? Let me just tell you why referrals work really well for our business. I mean, our business is based off of relationships, right? It's a very, our business is very high touch. It's face-to-face. -face, it's, it's very, very trust-based. And a lot of the opportunities that you find in consulting are not even advertised. In fact, a lot of the opportunities that you'll find in consulting are, you know, are not even there. Sometimes you land a referral, you land a, a meeting with a potential client and then you find the opportunity by asking thoughtful questions and having a conversation. So even though you feel that, you know, referrals may be a tough way to go because not everybody wants, wants a consultant, not, not everybody wants to recruit a consultant, the, the real art in 
this funnel of, of, of generating referrals week after week is that, you know, you have conversations and those conversations lead to opportunities that those prospects may not even know existed. Okay. There is a, there is a certain level of trust that is transferred when someone makes a referral to you. That's obvious, but uh, you know, it's, it's really important because we tend to forget this. We tend to kind of look outward and try to land new clients or, you know, try to do cold outreach and so on. But oftentimes, I mean, you can get that to work every once in a while, but in my experience, it's just simply not, it's not something that works on a consistent basis. I'm talking about cold outreach. Firstly, because consulting owners are busy. A lot of you are delivering engagements. And secondly, because there's no trust established. Like if they, if they don't know you from Adam, it's, it's going to be hard to engage with you in a meaningful discussion. It doesn't happen from time to time when you're, if you're lucky. But my guess is that when you do, when you reach out to people cold, you're not doing it on a consistent basis. And that, that, that is a problem, right? Companies that do cold outreach have an army of people or, you know, a small team, if you will, dialing and, and reaching out. And that happens that that only works if, you know, if your market is huge, but what if your market is small? What if you, you're serving, you know, a small subset of the market, like 100, 100, 100, 150 companies, then what happens, right? You're going to exhaust that market very quickly and it's not going to serve you. So coming back to, to referrals, right? So you want to focus on having conversations with your former clients and your warm contacts, right? So the way I do it and the way I encourage my clients to do it is to build a list of up to 100 people. I call, it, I call this list the engagement 100. So the engagement 100 list is a list of up to 100 people. It doesn't have to be exactly 100, but up to 100 people, folks that you can simply, you know, pick up the phone and and ask for a meeting or pick up the phone and just simply have a conversation. These are people that you have excellent relationships with. Your former clients, these could be your former coworkers, your colleagues, your folks that you've worked with in a, in a previous consulting project, if you have. Anybody that has access to your potential prospect that you have excellent rapport with. These are the folks that you need to, relationships that you need to cultivate. Right. And now what, what, you know, in the past, people used to use work the phone and call up their former client or people that they've worked with in the past and say, Hey, you know what, here's the type of client that I work with. Here's who I'm looking to meet. Here's who I'm looking to serve. Who do you know that fits this description? Right. But today with tools like sales navigator, I know that some of you in the audience use Sales Navigator, some others may not, but Sales Navigator is a premium tool by, by LinkedIn, which I use a lot. I recommend it. It's a paid tool, but what you do, what it offers you is that it allows you to segment the audience. You segment your audience very, very precisely. And then it shows you, you know, if you go, if you go to your connections or if you go to, you know, you, you create a list of those 100 people, the engagement 100, 
you can go on their profiles and see who they're connected to. Sales Navigator will show you up to 1,000 people, 1,000 connections of your connections, right? So then you can go and browse that, their connections and see if you want to meet certain people that they know. Now, the problem with this is twofold. Number one is sometimes people switch off that feature right in their settings so if if they're not sharing their connections then you won't be able to see their connections but that's in my experience you know around 20 percent of people do that so for 80 percent of people of your connections you will still be able to see who they're connected to right so uh, that's issue number one issue number two is that yeah, they may be connected to certain people that you want to reach out to, but they may not know that person or those individuals personally, because on, on LinkedIn, people simply connect with whoever they want, and they may not have a, a direct relationship. So what I do is that I make a list of at least six to eight people, six to eight connections of my connections, six to eight connections of the folks each of the folks in, in my engagement 100 list and then reach out to my to that individual, my connection, who's part of the engagement 100 list and say that, hey, Bob, I was looking at your LinkedIn and I noticed that you're connected to six to eight folks that I'd love to get in front of. Can we jump on a 20 minute call? Can we jump on a 20 minute call so I can run these names by you? Something to that effect. And if you know the person really well, and that's why they're on your engagement list, then they should agree to a short call, right? And in that call, you can run the names by one by one and make it very clear that, look, you're not going to, you're not going to spam these folks. You just want to, you know, have a conversation, get, get, an, get an introduction to one or two of them and you know, have a conversation about perhaps sharing, sharing a case study or, you know, sharing industry trends or something that, to that, that effect that will allow you to have an initial introduction, right? You don't want your connections to think that, hey, you're gonna, they're going to make these introductions to you and you're going to go and spam them or kind of hard sell them. No, that's not something that works in our industry, right? You want to first build a relationship and a great way to build a relationship is to share a case study that might be of might be useful to that new prospect or or the person that you are introduced to i like to do case studies i like to do industry trends and what i also do now is i share these four sales funnels to anybody that i get introduced to right so i and this is what I this is what I do. Like if I if I meet a consulting firm owner that, or that I'm introduced or if I'm introduced to them or someone that comes to my events or someone that kind of interacts with me on LinkedIn with my content and so on, I have a conversation with them and I say, you know, if you're interested, um, I'm happy to jump on a, a 20 minute call and share with you what's been working in our industry in terms of client acquisition. And most people are happy to join. Not everybody becomes a client, but you know, I start the conversation and some of them do, some of them don't. That's how sales is, right? So there's a lot of potential in this method of, of client development. 
And if you can have, if you can have one or two conversations every week, either with a with one of your contacts or with someone that you introduce to through your contacts, that becomes a funnel in itself. Now, not everybody's going to say yes, not everybody's going to become a client, but that opens up an, a conversation and that allows you to understand um, where they are in their journey, whether or not there is a need now, whether or not there is a need, will be a need in the future. You might get some information that you can then use to build that relationship, right? So this is pretty simple, folks. I mean, I know people in the industry. I know folks that you know I've coached as well who only use this method. And just a, a, a minimal use of the other methods that I'm going to show you, but, but still build you know, a high six-figure or a seven-figure consulting business using this, this channel. Of course, it depends on what you sell and your price point and, and so on. But this is a really powerful way to do client development. Now, there are some people that use only this method and it works for them. But in my experience, you need to supplement this with some of the other methods. you got to experiment and see what works best for you. But if it works for you, great. But typically, you want to supplement referrals with thought leadership and content, which I'll come to next. Type in the chat if you have any questions. I will be taking questions on any of this, any of these topics or any of these funnels. So yeah, please type in the chat and I will be taking your questions in the end. Okay, so that's number one, referrals and warm introductions. That's a pretty straightforward funnel. Number two, like I mentioned, consultants, you know, typically, historically, anybody that has an expert business, whether you're a consultant or a, or a coach or, or whatever it is, you know, you build your business based off of referrals and content, right? If you look at the, if you look at successful consultants over the years, they're always producing some kind of thought leadership content, whether they're that's you know they were writing books or whether they're writing articles for yeah the trade publications or you know other media publications, holding seminars and workshops and so on. All of that is content, right? All of this happened offline, but it's a pretty standard way of, of building your brand. And as expert business owners, as, as owners of consultancies, we are, are, what we do is we deal with knowledge, right? We have certain knowledge and expertise that we bring to the table. So it's natural for folks like us to package that knowledge in whatever type of content that you wish to, to, to present and you know, present, it, present that to the world. And that you know, builds affinity and affinity builds trust and trust leads to conversations and then conversations lead to clients down the line. So that's a pretty standard model. And if you're not doing content today, then I would suggest that you start because it's a proven model. But here's the problem, right? The content funnel is extremely powerful 
and I've built my business over the past three years primarily based on the content funnel. And of course, referrals, that's, that, that keeps happening. But over the past three years, for me, content has worked extremely well. But here's what I'll say. I'm not, you, you, when I say build content and thought leadership, it's not like you, know, you, you can just create any type of content, put it in the world, put it out to, out to the world, and expect that clients are going to come flocking to your door. That doesn't work. What really works is when you have a plan to create demand and when you have a compelling case to compelling case for your prospects or for your audience to to change the way they are doing to change the way they're operating today in the context of whatever you offer. Okay, so let's say let's take an example. So I'm going to the first example here is project management by Hussein. Right, so Hussein, would you mind coming on and talk and talking a little bit about you know the the pain that your your client avatar is facing today? And I'll tell you, you know, in terms of content, what I mean when I say creating demand. So Hussein, are you there? Yep, yep, I'm here, Fain. So you focus on directors of project management. What's the number one pain that they're facing today? So they are facing issues around the foundations of project management not being exercised at their organizations, the result of which is inconsistency in how things are done, ineffective and, and unproductive ways. Projects are not getting done on time. They're not getting done on budget. There is no transparency around how projects are done, what's the status. People are getting burnt out. As a result, key initiatives aren't hitting their desired targets. And yeah. ultimately, there's a lot of chaos you know, in, in right. the organization that needs to be sorted out. Right. So I know you, you and I have been connected for a while, Hussein. I haven't seen your content recently, but I'm, I'm not going to critique. This is not to say that I'm going to critique what you are doing, because I don't fully know the, 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 the type of content you're creating today. But I'm just going to use this as an, as an example. So uh, for project management, right? Like for directors of project management, their projects are not going well. There's inconsistencies. There's people are not productive and there's, there's lots of chaos. So in terms of creating demand, you know, what really works, what works really well is when you focus on the pain that people are going through. Right. So when there's inconsistency in projects and project delivery, when people are unproductive, when there's chaos, what are the implications of that to the to the broader organization and to your avatar's world? Like what really happens? How are they affected and what does that imply? So things like, OK, you know, things break, people are stressed out. There's a lot of chaos. People leave. There's retention issues. And nothing moves forward. And potentially, you know, there's these folks, your client avatar, the directors of project management, even folks in the PMO, their roles may be in jeopardy as well, right? And their their companies, their organizations are, you know, falling behind with whatever projects that they are executing, and so on. And then what happens to the bottom line? 
etc cetera, etc cetera. what happens to the people the people who who leave and join you know competitors and so on so i mean i'm just giving you examples but you know what really works is when you highlight the implications when you really highlight the and the, the pains and the implications of of your avatar and what they're going through today that is a great way to capture the attention of folks that you are trying to address a lot of the times the biggest mistake that i see when people create content is they talk a lot about themselves and what they do and their solutions now when somebody reads that you know without any kind of context they're not going to it's not going to fit in terms of you know then they're not going to relate to your solution if you really haven't described what they're going through the way to first win somebody's attention is to really articulate what they're going through on a day-to-day -day basis and how that affects their organizations and their roles as well if you can articulate someone's problem better than they can then psychologically what really happens is they begin to feel that you have the solution to their problem because you've really articulated the problem distinctly right so if you're creating content, make sure that you keep this content about them and their pain points, right? And not just the pain points, but what are they really fed up with, right? What have they tried before? Like, the for example, these directors of project management, they may have tried other things before. They may have gotten other consultants. They may have tried to, you know, put together their own project management methodologies, whether that's agile or whether that's you know waterfall or whether that's some custom project management methodologies and have failed and you know they've lost a lot of resources and time and energy and so on so and they don't want to do it again right in, in the way that they have done in the past so they're mindful of that so your content should talk about all of those things that they're fed up with what are the options that are in front of them that they don't want to take anymore right? These folks have tried stuff in the past. They have options, but they don't want to take those options anymore. Like if you know your avatar really well, then you know what those options are. And you know, you want to be talking about that, right? You also want to be talking about what stops them from moving forward. What is the root cause of the problem? Like, is it a mindset issue? Is it a resources issue? Is it a methodology issue? And so on and so forth, right? What stops them from moving forward? and then you want to talk about what is possible right what is possible in to achieve what what big results are possible to achieve given their current situation right and that's when you build the vision of what you can do and here's how you know i can help you do that or here's how here's generally what is possible so you see what you're doing now is you're creating a narrative as to who your avatar is where they are right now what they're going through what you know the, what the implications of their problems are or, or, or the implications of their current situation are and then what is possible and finally you want to talk about these two or two things number one the consequences of the status quo right when you create content you want to be talking about okay what happens when you don't change what happens if you continue to do project management in the same way as before what happens if you you know continue to use waterfall methodologies if you're creating software and you know you don't move to other other methodologies or what if you what happens when you use 
standard methodologies and don't put together a custom methodology, for example, right? What are the implications of that? What are, what's the future pain, right? If you do nothing, right? And number two, what are the opportunities that you're leaving on the table, right? You may have wonderful opportunities for your organization that make that, that are possible if you do things the right way, but if you don't, what are those opportunities that you may be missing? Like increased productivity, what's that going to, going to do for your organization? Less chaos, happier employees, best project management talent. You know, it could be even things like you know a, a, a greater competitive advantage for the broader organization because you your operations run like clockwork, your projects run like clockwork, and so on. So. Content is not just about showing up and, and writing random stuff. Content is about a strategic narrative that moves your client avatar from thinking about their problem the way they are right now to thinking about it differently. So you have to have, you, you've got to provoke their thinking, right? And you've got to kind of ask questions, make them make themselves ask questions about you know, whether or not they're doing things the right way and what really is possible. So once you do that, then you're going to, you know, when people, when your audience sees uh, your narrative over and over again, it's going to seep into their mindset and in their consciousness. And when they're ready, they're going to reach out to you, right? You're, because your content immediately stands out from all the other types of content. And trust me, like 90% of content that your peers are producing are just generic content, right? So there's a great opportunity right now for you to build a strategic narrative and really stand out because most people don't know how to do this. And that's, that's the opportunity. All right. So any questions, please type in the chat about content. So that's that's generally, just generally number two the second sales funnel. And because of the limitation of time for this session, we have 60 minutes. I'm not talking about where to post content and, and how to create content. I've done sessions about content in the past. So you can head over to the YouTube channel and check, check those episodes out. So for the purposes of this session, I'm just giving you an overview of what those sales funnels are. Like once you have a strategic narrative, right? Once you have a strategic narrative, there are innumerable ways for you to distribute your content. There are various channels, formats, and ways you can distribute your content far and wide. And we, I've talked about it before, so just check out the, the YouTube channel so you can you know learn that as well all right now so referrals and content are pretty standard right they're pretty standard sales funnels people are doing them although there's a great opportunity to improve the way they are implementing those sales funnels but now i want to move on to two other sales funnels that most consultants and consultants are not doing at all and they don't even know about these funnels. Okay. So number three is community building. Okay. So when I say community building, it is nurturing a small group of people 
and having conversations with them and building more affinity, building further affinity by nurturing a small group, right? The biggest example that I can give you is this one, right? This is my way of building a small community where people get together every week and I present a topic of interest and those that are interested keep coming and a lot of folks keep coming back, right? And they get to know me, they get to know my style, they get to know how I speak, how I think. And, you know, sometimes we have back and forth conversations on LinkedIn. I never hard sell anybody in these communities. It's purely to get to know folks. And those that are interested in what I say, reach out. And that organically becomes, you know, a, a, a conversation where we, did, we talk about how I can help them, right? That's, this is my way of building community and building affinity and building trust. And like I said, you know, trust is paramount in our business, right? So this method or this, this, this funnel is what has been working personally for me really well over the past 12 months. And I've been able to replicate this for several of my clients where I've helped them start small communities where people come in, they're, you know, consultants are able to host small events, recurring events, where they're able to invite people over and provide some kind of value and in the process, build affinity and trust. Now, for example, for one of my corporate development consultant buyers, what we've done is, you know, created uh, biweekly executive briefings. Now, in corporate development is, it is all about M&A, joint ventures, strategic partnerships. So this consultant is targeting corporate development directors, VPs of corporate developments in, in large companies. And, and these folks are always looking for information about you know, M&A transactions, who's doing what, inside information that, not confidential information, you, know, you, don't, want to reveal, you don't want to reveal confidential information in these, in, in these sessions, but information that could help them in uh, affecting the right deals or making the right acquisitions or creating better strategic partnerships. So the community that this consultant has formed is a simple, you know, develop a community for corporate development executives where this where the where the consultant would lead these sessions and usually there are like 7 a.m breakfast sessions and it's all you know virtual you can do this offline as well but virtual is fine and they're just executive briefings where the consultant would talk about industry trends you know various types of partnerships and acquisitions various types of methods that uh, people are partnering with each other you know talk about the ecosystem of, uh, of partnerships and so on. And that becomes a valuable piece for corporate development executives to come in and be a part of, right? And in that, that way, the consultant builds trust and affinity. And when there's an opportunity, there is a conversation that ensues when the, one of the folks in the audience you know, reaches out to the, the host and says, hey, you know what? I like what you're doing. Let's have a conversation. I think you can help me, right? So that's one example. Another example is, this is one of my clients in the UK. So what 
what he does is he leads a community for fintech executives. The format for his community event is that, you know, these fintech owners, fintech startup owners have no peers, right? In the sense that they're all CEOs of, of fintech, small startups, and they have unique challenges. So what this consultant does is he brings a bunch of fintech startup owners together in one session. And the maximum number of people in that session is six. Each person in that session has the floor for 10 minutes and they bring up a certain issue that they're going through within the organization. It could be hiring. It could be about partnerships. It could be about regulations. Uh, FinTech is highly regulated. So it could be about regulations. It could be about you know, government relations, investor relations, capital raising, whatever, whatever it is. So that, that per, each individual has the floor for 10 minutes. And in that 10 minutes, they would bring up an issue and the others would provide input, right? Other CEOs of startups. So that becomes a very valuable hour spent because everybody's getting time and they're getting perspectives from other CEOs. And, you know, in the process, the consultant is building their brand because they're the ones that he's the one that brings these people together and he chips in, he moderates, he showcases his own, his own expertise. And that way it builds more affinity in front of his target audience, right? So that's a recurring event as well. One final example of community is that, you know, one of my clients came to me last year and said that, you know, before the pandemic, and this was a strategy consulting company, right? They were doing well over seven figures and they were finding that, you know, one of their issues was that they weren't landing conversations with CEOs. Before the pandemic, they used to land conversations with CEOs, but something happened and, you know, they just weren't landing conversations with CEOs. They were being pushed down to the second level, you know, directors of strategy, directors of innovation and so on. And those conversations were simply not moving forward. They wanted to talk to CEOs. So what I helped them build was a small community for CEOs, right? Now, this consulting firm has events booked till the end of the year where they have small CEO, CEO forums where they invite CEOs and have a conversation about topics that, topics that are of interest for that community right? Uh, without giving away too much of, you know, in, information about the, the exact way they do, the, 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 this, this consultant carries out this process. I'll just say that, you know, it's a, it's a small forum there where this consultant hosts CEOs that are part of their prospect pool and provides some kind of value in terms of information, in terms of networking opportunities, in terms of, you know, various strategies or trends that are taking place in the industry and makes that session very, makes those sessions very, very valuable, right? And now they're back to talking to CEOs. And once you have people in a community, it's really easy to do warm outreach as well. Now, remember I talked about, you know, cold outreach in the beginning. Cold outreach is hard to do because it's cold. They don't know you from Adam. But when you have a small community where people are coming, coming to you, they know you, they've, they've seen you speak, they, they trust you, it's easier to, to write back to them and have a conversation, right? And there's the, the, the likelihood of those folks writing back to you and having a conversation is way higher because they know you now, 
and there is affinity and there's trust. So outreach is important, but warm outreach is far more effective than cold outreach. And the way you do warm outreach is like this. And also, you know, when I talk about when I talked about content, right? Earlier I talked about, you know, how you do content. Folks that interact with your content as well, those folks can be reached out to. That's warm outreach as well, right? So you always want to be doing outreach in order to build your pipeline and and and, and create and create enough opportunities. But you want to be doing warm outreach. And the way you do warm outreach is through a content and through building community, which helps you build affinity and trust. All right. Hope that makes sense. All right. So that's number three. Again, please type your questions in the comments. Let me know if this is this is helping. Have you learned anything at all through these three funnels that I've talked about? Is this anything different? Did you have you have you known these strategies before? That'll give me that'll help me kind of know whether I'm going on the right track or not for these for future sessions. All right. All right. Thank you, folks. Hussein, I'm going to come back to your question. Okay. So I want to present the, the final funnel. Okay. We've talked about referrals and warm introductions, content, thought, thought provoking content that creates a demand, community building with small groups. And the fourth and final content, the fourth and final funnel that I'm going to talk about today is short format learning events. Now, consultants are always have always done seminars. And over the past decade, it's webinars. That's an, it, it short workshops as well. But there's, there's a real opportunity to, to, uh, to do these in a way which are more, more result-oriented, more outcome-focused, and sort of provide the, or your audience with a, a quick result in the end. Let me give you an example. Okay, so let's say, okay, I'm going to take a, I'm going to look at another example of folks. So Henrik says, you know, he targets CEOs, presidents, owners of companies between 10 and 60 staff, generally companies in traditional services and manufacturing industries. See, for these, for, for folks in, for small businesses, right? For small businesses, what you could do is have, short one day events or even you could even do four hour events right and you could talk about a specific topic and give them some kind of result at the end of those four hours so henrik you're a fractional cfo right so if you're a fractional cfo then you can you can talk about certain topics that would help you know your your prospects move the needle in some way shape or form so let's say you're you're so you you say both services and manufacturing industries. So let's say you have a a, a one day workshop for manufacture for manufacturers, okay. And in that workshop, you're going to be talking about you know certain tools and systems that you can bring in as a CFO that 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 small manufacturers need, right? So for a manufacturing industry, uh, for 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 the for companies in the in 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 the manufacturing sector finances or financial management or, or financial planning and analysis, it's, it's pretty specific. 
right? You, when you look at a financial statement for a manufacturing company, it's different for a software company, right? For a SaaS organization, it's probably, you know, you're going to look at things like cost of customer acquisition and churn and LTV and whatnot. For a manufacturing sector, you know, it's traditional cost of goods sold. And, you know, it's, you know, you're selling widgets. So perhaps what you could do is, and I'm giving you an example here, right? I don't know the specifics of your business, but you could have a one-day workshop, which is like four hours. I'm coming to what you can do with the rest of the rest of the day. Four hours talking about the various systems and tools that you could implement that that organize that that manufacturing small business owners can implement for better control and governance. And you know financial planning and so on. So at the end of that four hours, they get a certain set of tools, they get some systems and they get perhaps a workbook that they could go in and, you know, implement, right? And so that's the first four hours. And perhaps what you could do is have check-ins for the next four weeks, you could have one hour, a one hour check-in with these business owners where you can help them implement those systems. So you see those kinds of events that lead to, that are, first of all, not very um, expensive to be a part of, right? A small um, manufacturing uh, company would, it, it's not like you're asking them for a major commitment, right? It's a, it's a, it's a short event. It has a it has a it's it's based on a certain outcome and it allows you to show your value directly to your potential customer right that's one type of of event that you can you can carry out in my business i i've done you know short two and three day events for every year and this year i'm going to do another one where i did a a short boot camp for consulting firms to talk about how to create, how to increase demand. And at the end of that bootcamp, I had, you know, specific worksheets, specific tools and templates that, that organizations could use that would then, you know, help them in creating demand. Right. And my format, my, in my, the way I did it was at the end of those, at the end of those three days, I invited some of those participants, I invited those participants to join me for a longer engagement. And some of them obliged and they're my clients now, right? So short format learning events are a great way to showcase your expertise directly and, and, and provide some kind of result in the end. It's not a typical webinar. It's not a typical workshop, although workshops should also have results in the end, but it's designed to, to provide some kind of a, a small result that would then lead to potentially lead to more curiosity from the participants and lead to newer business. Now, the example I gave was based on what Hendrik had provided in the comments. Here's another example I give you for larger organizations. So if you're, if you're targeting larger organizations, what you could do is a simple management facilitation, right? A one-day management facilitation for the executive committee. Let's say it's a larger business and they have different departments or, you know, even if it's a board facilitation, if you're, if you're facilitating something with, with the board or even the, the executive committee, right? You, 
you bring these folks together for a day and perhaps you do a session on goal setting. Let's say if you're a strategy consultant, you do a session on goal setting or you do some kind of, a, some kind of an evaluation or you do some kind of a, a brainstorm on a specific topic, right? So, and I've seen this work very well. And here's what happens, right? Please pay attention because this is, this is real magic that happens. In these sessions, when you do a short one-day session with a group of executives who, you know, have, who lead bigger teams, right? Each executive is probably, you know, leading a department or if it's a group of companies, each, each executive is the leader of those specific companies, sister concerns, bringing together a bunch of executive leaders and having a, a facilitation or some kind of brainstorm or some kind of goal setting workshop uh, or, or something like that leads to these other folks getting to know you as well. And that leads to opportunities within their own organizations. You see, if, it's, if you're targeting a mid-sized organization or, or a large organization, they're all coming in from various departments and, and have various teams and various goals. So in that workshop, if you're able to open up their thinking through your frameworks and through your way of doing things and your models, then these other folks in that, in that meeting will start thinking about, hey, you know what, maybe I should get him or, the, or her, this consultant, to uh, my department so that we could do some work together. I've seen this happen time and time again for my clients. They do a short one-day event and that opens up possibilities for other group, for other CEOs or other you know, executives within that, within that executive group to say, hey, we, know we need to talk because I have this problem and maybe you can help, right? So this is, not, this is a, a technique that's not used very well, but it happens organically. But if you have, you package it in a way where you offer, where you have a specific offering for executives, executive management or leaders. If it's a small, if it's a small company, like Hendrik says, 60, 60 people and under, you can have, you can do this in a group setting where you can invite 10 to 12 CEOs or, you know, leaders of these small organizations and have this as a group. Right, where which which could which could then lead to newer opportunities. But basically, what I'm saying is that if you have a specific outcome-focused short event, that leads to tremendous possibilities down the line, because you have many people in the room, and if they like what they're hearing, they're going to call you in for a conversation. Okay. So that brings me to the end of the four funnels. I'm just going to pop in the chat and see if there are any questions. So Hussein says, for community building, do you recommend a platform like Facebook groups or LinkedIn groups? Excellent question. So as you can tell, for this community that I'm facilitating right now, the Consulting Growth Hour, I don't have a platform. And I've, done, I've, I've chosen not to have a platform deliberately because, you know, for where I am right now in my business, I have clients, I have, you know, ongoing you know advisory work that i do i don't want to be managing another community i don't want to be managing another platform i have a client platform where there are a group of people where i put them together it's it's not on facebook it's not on linkedin it's uh, it's in a platform called school s k o o l and that's where i host my clients 
But for a community like this, I don't have a platform. But that could change. You know, this is still early days in in this community, but that could change down the line. But Hussein, if you really want to have a platform, you know, you mentioned Facebook groups or LinkedIn groups. I haven't, I don't have experience directly, direct experience with Facebook groups or LinkedIn groups. But I would suggest that if, you know, depends on where your clients, where your potential clients are typically at. I'm thinking that, look, you're, you're targeting directors of project, project management and leaders of PMO. A LinkedIn group, if you want to put them in a group, would be, you'd be better off. But I know there are limitations to LinkedIn groups, but I also know that there are people that are using LinkedIn groups really well. If you connect with me offline, I can point you to, to uh, in the right direction and, and have you look at some groups. But uh, yeah, but I find that, especially with Facebook, it's really, it's really crowded. And it's like, even with LinkedIn, like what I find is that people get distracted. You can put, you put them in a group, but then they're on LinkedIn. There's so many things going on on LinkedIn they'll get a notification from somewhere and they'll leave the group. So that's why I've chosen for my client group, I've chosen to move it, move it, move that group away from these platforms. And it's a standalone place where there are no distractions, but you know, all this could change later on. I mean, LinkedIn groups could change as well. There's always talk about uh, folks from LinkedIn trying to change the nature of groups and how they work and make, make it more efficient and so on. So that could change, but uh, you know, to find out what really works, you can. It's best to do a small experiment, Hussein. And I can share with you, folks that I I find are are doing LinkedIn groups well. So if you can connect with me offline, I will share that with you. So Hussein says, would these short learning events be free? Look, if you're if you're targeting a an organization, a mid a mid even if a a small business or small small mid or large organization, I would not offer them for free because there is you know effort that goes in to it i'm not going to say that you you charge a bomb for for these for, for these uh, this type of event charge how much charge enough so that you know it, when people if you, people want to join money is not an object money is not an issue right so make sure that you charge enough so that you know people don't not join because the, it's priced too high. You want people to join, but you also want people to value it, value what you're offering. If you're offering some kind of result and you're investing like four to six hours in helping them, then it has to, and I would suggest be do a, do a paid event, right? And yeah, that, that's the way I look at it. Okay. All right. So I see that those are the questions. A lot of people saying that they found value in the event. Bruno, thank you for coming and hope that you, yeah, it's good that you found value in the event. Robert, thanks as well. Great that you got some insights. So if you have any, if you, once you go back and you think about your notes, think about the notes from this session, let me know, reach out to me on LinkedIn. Let me know if you have some questions or if you want to jump on a chat and, and talk about this stuff, because, you know, building a pipeline is, is a lot of fun. And doing it this way is, is highly valuable. So thanks, guys. Thanks for coming. And I'll see you in the LinkedIn feed. Cheers. 
Thanks for listening right to the end. I appreciate your time. Be sure to subscribe wherever you get your podcasts and connect with me and say hi on LinkedIn. For video replays of these sessions, check out our YouTube channel. And most importantly, join us live to get all your questions answered at Consulting Growth Hour Live. All details in the show notes. See you next time.